Hey there, I'm so pumped to tell you about an amazing new community I've launched called Grief to Growth Circle Community. It's a space for people who are grieving to come together to support each other and for people who want to know who we are, why we're here, where we're going to have those conversations, all the things we talk about on the podcast. So I invite you to join me at grieftogrowth.com slash community to become part of this compassionate crew. The best part is 100% free. And you have access to me in addition to everybody else in the community. In fact, the podcast will be there so you can talk about the things we talk about in the podcast right there in the community. There's also some premium content if you want to go deeper in the work I'm doing, but mostly it's about building relationships and community and about sharing resources and supporting each other. So come on over and check it out. It's grieftogrowth.com slash community. I'll see you inside. Hi there. Welcome to Grief to Growth Podcast. Your host is Brian Smith, spiritual seeker, best-selling author, grief survivor, and life coach. Brian believes that the worst tragedies of life provide the greatest opportunity for growth. Brian says he was planted, not buried, and he is here to help you grow where you've been planted by the difficulties in life. In each episode, Brian and his guests will share what has helped them to survive and thrive. It is his sincere hope this episode helps you today. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Brian Smith. I'm back with another episode of Grief to Growth. And I've got with me today, Addie Babington. I'm going to read a short bio of Addie, and then we're going to have a conversation like we always do. Uh, Addie is a psychic medium. She's a channel for non-physical communication, and she communicates with past loved ones, higher vibrational beings, such as guides or angels, or she can deliver messages from a person's um, higher mind or soul. And Addie has a passion for teaching and spreading the word of self-mastery and understanding how to navigate physical reality by connecting the physical mind to the higher mind and source or God. And Addie wants everyone to know that they are a pass. They're not a passenger life, but we actually are the vehicle uh, ourselves. So with that, I want to introduce everybody to Addie Babington. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm great. It's really, it's really great to have you here today. I met you through uh, a group on Facebook and you were doing some readings for people who have lost, uh, had children uh, transition to spirit. You did a reading for us and it was fantastic. And I really appreciate that. But I was really intrigued by your views on on life, like why we're here and all those really deep questions. Uh, I've taken a mediumship class from you. It's like, everybody know that? And yep. I watched some of your YouTube videos. And as I said, I really like some of the things you have to say. So I guess the first question I have for you is how did you come to this understanding of, of the way that life really is? So for me, it's sort of been like the more I connect to the non-physical and the more interesting the questions come with the the readings I do, the more in-depth the answers come. And often I would ask a question and I was just this innocent person thinking that what we see in front of us and what we smell, touch and feel and all that sort of stuff is what is really going on. But then as people who had loved ones asked certain questions, I would get some incredible answers. And often I found that in the middle of a reading, somebody would ask something like, you know, what's the meaning of life? Mm -hmm. And I would get this channeled answer in. And for the most part, you would have seen me in, in my recordings that I'd stop there for about 30 seconds and just, what? Like this answer from I didn't even know. I couldn't even put it into words. And then I'd have to find words to express. So the more people asked questions and the more 
then it sort of catapulted me to ask questions. The more rich and more dynamic the answers came. Until then, I decided myself that, hang on, I've got my own questions now. And then I obviously started doing a little bit of research about other other channels, other gurus, so to speak. And I would ask my own questions and receive my own channeled answers. And it just began to make such sense. Mm -hmm. It was, to me, the more I channeled through, the more information I got from the non-physical, the more I pieced this puzzle together. And I was like, this is amazing. This is more beautiful and more brilliant than I could ever have fathomed. Mm. And so I became really passionate about letting others know that what we are doing here and what we are experiencing is just, it's perfect and it's more beautiful than we perceived. And so that's why I'm really passionate about expressing all the information that's come through to me. And there's so mm-hmm. much more. I, I believe I've just understood little snippets and that the broad and vastness of this is just, it's yet to be conceived by me. Yeah. So, yeah. So how did you, did you start communicating first with people who had crossed over? Is this a natural ability? Did you develop it over time? So it's it's a combination of the two. Now, I remember the first, I guess, psychic awareness I had, I was about eight years old. And I remember walking around the house quite consciously thinking to myself, there are people watching me that I can't see hmm. that are really interested in my life and love me very much. And I just thought that everybody knew that that's what was going on. Um, and Forgive me. Yeah, go ahead. So as the years progressed, what Mm -hmm. would happen is people would come to visit me and I would be made aware of their loved ones. And I couldn't see them as in actually physically see them. It was sort of like in my mind's eye, I knew they were sort of standing around them and they would make me aware that they were there because they wanted to, they didn't necessarily have a message. They just wanted to say, hey, I'm here, I want you to know that I'm here. Because most people don't even think about the fact that their loved ones are actually with them all the time and available to them all the time. So it was something that progressed over the years and the more I became aware of it, the the more I gave it attention, the more the communication was was something that I could establish. And then it was just one of those things that I went on for years and years. I, I was literally in my late 30s before I even did readings and my husband sat me down and said you are wasting this Mm. you are wasting this there are there are people that want to hear from from people that they love and you're not giving that communication and I just sort of felt like I didn't want to mess with people's lives I didn't want to I, I sort of feared that if I got this wrong if I said something that wasn't right this would hurt someone and so I just didn't want to Unless something was very, very clear, unless I heard a sentence or an image very, very clear, I wouldn't sort of communicate it. And so I kept it to myself because I genuinely want to help people, not hurt them. Um, Yeah. And so eventually over time, he said to me, you're wasting it. And I really thought about that. And I thought, 
you know, he's right. Let's give this a little go. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. Yeah. So how long have you been giving readings for people? So this would be my third year, quite literally three years. Before that, it would be every now and again when somebody really wanted to say something. It's like, Addie, you can't ignore this. This person's like insisting that you say. And they never had anything other than, hello, I love you. Because there's nothing really, unless it is some, you know, serious situation going on, they don't often, so our loved ones don't often want to give us the answer. They just want to give us the support to let us know that this situation is more than okay. No matter how it looks, it is more than okay. So often the, the message was just like, hey, I want you to know I'm here and I know about your situation and I love you. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, that's the message I think that that we all want to hear. But, you know, it's interesting that you say that people don't know their loved ones are around. Um, even though I'd studied the afterlife for many years before my daughter passed away, um, and I, I, I believe that people go on, and, and we're taught in, in our religions that people go on, but we're not usually taught that they're still here. That's that's something that's been new to me in the last five or six years. So essentially, it's they don't actually go anywhere. There is no other place. There is no actual physical place. And in fact, if we want to put it, if we want to conceptualize it, it's sort of like an overlapping dimension where they're aware of us and aware of everything because they're part of source now. They've reemerged with with source, with God. Um, and they, it's sort of like an overlap dimension, and that's putting it loosely. So they're aware of us. They're also aware of what's coming up, what's happened before, our parallel versions of ourselves. And so they understand exactly what situation that we're playing out right now and we're experiencing and so we think of them as somewhere else because we're not aware of them but they're actually they're they're here in the same space if we want to give it a word Mm -hmm. it's difficult to comprehend and it's also difficult to use words to really express the the magnitude of what's going on or, or or what is not what's going on or what is it's really words fail us and that's mm-hmm. one thing that I found so fascinating about my readings is that when you connect to the non-physical and everybody can do this no, I'm not special and I've tried to explain this to people I am not special I'm not a chosen one I, there's nothing unique about me it's just that I have practiced this and the more I practice it, the better I get. But I, I, I want what I wanted to explain is how somebody who's now standing in the non-physical, who's not, who has not got their physical body with them, can send such a huge piece of information in less than a split second, and then, and, and it's so rich and so vast. And then we, as human beings, try to use very simple words to express something that took them a split second. And I could be sitting here for three minutes trying to explain what they've said and still not be able to convey how beautiful that message was. So words just fail us. We, we, you know, we, we, we fail with words so often. Yeah. I've heard people say, you know, we've developed our language to describe what we're able to perceive. So one of the things that that I have a really difficult time with, because people will tell us in in the other dimension, the other realm, we call it non-physical, but I understand when you're there, it actually is 
feels physical, but, it, but it's not available to us. We call it non-physical. And right. the, we say, well, there's no time and no space. And for us, everything around us has always been time and space. And that's the way our brains have developed. So we don't even have the language to express, like, you know, like you said earlier, everything kind of not happening, but everything's kind of already happened in a sense. Correct. So the, the, essentially the idea is our mind gives us the perception of future and past. And essentially in this moment, we have a perceived past when in actual fact we have as the focal point of Addy, I have an infinite number of paths of pasts and the past that I perceive is the past that is relevant to me right now for the experience that I'm going through. And now if you can really grasp what I've said here, what I've said here is essentially that the childhood that I remember is the one that is relevant to the experience I'm experiencing right now. Mm -hmm. In other words, if I was going through a different experience, my mind would perceive a childhood that looked very very different. And that is because there are an infinite number of paths that have led me here. And also the perceivable future is something that the mind perceives. And so essentially, when we say there is no other time than now, what we are saying is that time is a human concept. It is something that the brain has created a perception of in order for us to experience a continuum. Now, in the non-physical, everything is available to us instantaneously. And say we wanted to experience going and standing on top of a mountain, we would just be able to perceive that instantly. The purpose of the human experience is to get the slowed down, intricate version of what we would do instantaneously in the non-physical. And so we get to experience the progression, the transformation of turning darkness or difficulty or problems into light, into mm. ease. That is the purpose for us to perceive the transformation because unless we have the perception of past or perceivable future, everything is instant. And and that is why that when I first channeled that in, I think my brain circuitry had a meltdown. <laughs> I sat there in the middle of a reading and I stared off for a good solid three minutes, just apologizing that I could not come back and, and say what I had just seen. Mm -hmm. So the paths are infinite. What we perceive right now is what's relevant for the experience we are experiencing right now. And I don't know that I've conveyed how huge that is. It means that you have so many pasts that you just don't understand right this minute, because this is the version of yourself that you are. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's mind blowing. It's, it's mind boggling. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of fun to, to kind of play around with, you know, and, and try to yeah, get yeah. our heads around. Um, so what is, you said kind of the purpose of coming here is to transform darkness into light. So is that, is that the purpose why we, we give up this, this place where we could do whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want. And we come to this place where we feel so limited and so constrained. Mm -hmm. So all that is, and we like to call it God or source, all that is does not know itself. 
And for all that is to know itself, it must know what it is not. And so essentially we have the light and the opposite of that is the shadow or the darkness. And then it is an infinite splitting continuously. I can't hear you, by the way. No, I'm sorry. It was an alarm going off. <laughs> That's okay. So so for all, all that is to know itself, it has to understand what it is not. And so that this, there's this infinite splitting of all the rich, beautiful experiences that all that is. And I've got the light coming at me a little, little strangely. So, so essentially it feels like, especially us as human beings, and I'll just shift my, my camera a little bit. So especially us as human beings, we, we start to perceive the idea that, you know, we're, we're, we're just experiencing um, something that is done to us. When that is not the case, we are infinite consciousness. And when I say all that is, it means that if all that is, is all that is, that includes us. So if all that is, is God, that must mean that we're God, we're the perspective of God. And so for God to know itself, to really, really know itself, it's going to play out every single variable that it can perceive of. And and if you can understand that it's not just human experience, there would be other experiences that the human brain would not be able to perceive. And so we are a split, if you want to think, if you think all that is has split into darkness and light. We are a one of those little tiny splits of all that is experiencing itself through this perspective, through this focal point. Yeah. Yeah. You've chosen this. You've chosen this. And that's a really interesting concept, and I want to make sure that people understand it because it's it's difficult to wrap your head around. Because it's, it's, when it's big, when someone says "I am God" or "You are God," that's taken as blasphemy. I mean, that's the reason why they stone. That's why the reason why they hang Jesus because he said, "You know, I yeah. am God." Yeah. But it's a it's a concept that in other religions, like I've I've learned this recently, Hinduism. That's a very that's the concept that there was there was Brahma, Correct. which is all that is, and splits itself into all these various Atmans, which we are. And so mm-hmm. we were all just, uh, it's kind of like fractals. We're all just part of this Correct. one greater thing. And it's so, I, you know, people at first might hear that and think, oh, this is blasphemy. I, I'm, I'm not God. Or you're not God. But as you said, if that's all that is, then everything that is makes up all that is. Correct. And it, it's just, see, I understand. I was brought, brought up in a Christian background. And the thing with that I found with my Christian beliefs was that I was worried, am I doing enough to go to heaven? And so the focus for me specifically was not the love of God or the assistance of God, the fear of going to hell. And one of the very first things that I learned, one of the very first lessons that I learned, and I think that that's one of the things that those who are standing from the non-physical perspective want us to understand is that there is no hell. We can create the perception of hell. We can also create that when we pass, if we believe that we have done something bad, we can create the perspective of going to hell. But as an actual place, as opposed as like heaven and hell, there is no hell. There is physical 
and there is non-physical. And for me, at first it was just like that was the most freeing thing and I could get on with loving God and I could get on with experiencing God because it took the thing that I feared and said, well, that's nothing you need to think about. And I was like, great. Now that I'm not thinking about that, what else can I look into? It was so beautiful. And there are people that I have connected to who are now in the non-physical that have done some pretty bad things from from my human perspective. Mm-hmm. And they stand in the non-physical with everyone else. And often I have been told God's love is just something that we can't perceive. God's love is unconditional. And that means God puts no conditions on love. In other words, nothing that you do here could be that bad that you will be eternally sent somewhere. It's just not mm-hmm. possible because this yeah. place does not exist. Yeah, and that, that is a very freeing concept that I think people need to really understand because this, this yeah. idea of, you know, love and fear cannot really coexist. So if we fear God, and I grew up in, the, in a Christian home, and I was yeah. taught to fear God, and I, and I feared, you know, going to hell. So I was like, well, I have to pretend to love God so I don't go to hell, but I could not really love a God that would do that to me. Um, it was just something that was beyond what I could do. And I tried to generate that feeling, but I couldn't do it. Um, but then when I realized that, you know, it, it really happened to me when, when I had my daughter, my first daughter. And I looked right. at her and I said, if God loves me more than I love her, then that's an wow. impossibility. Then, wow. Yeah. And I think as a parent, there is nothing that your child can do, even the worst thing imaginable, where it would make you stop loving them. Now, you could have a whole heap of issues with your child yeah, yeah. and want for them to be better. But there is this place within you that it's not, there is no possibility that that love will stop. And so if we as humans are like this, just you can only just imagine, you can only just imagine God. There are, there, I've spoken to a person who, this was one of my most powerful connections to spirit. I was doing a reading for a lady and this family member of hers who had abused her when she was younger and had also gone to jail for killing two people stepped forward because he understood that she needed an apology and she never got one. So he stepped Mm. forward to apologize. And he sort of, in an instant, gave me a little snippet of his life. And I was like, wow, he really made some, probably the worst choices that I have ever been able to perceive. And yet he was in the non-physical. He did say to me, there are consequences to my actions, but the consequences are never hell. Mm. And the consequences are also not something that God imposes on us if we want to perceive God as a separate pureness. The consequences that we put ourselves through is something that is self-imposed. So we cross over and we become aware of everything. And then we are able to step in the physical shoes of those who we have hurt and loved. And so we understand from their perspective what it's like to be on the receiving end of ourselves. And when we have become aware of that, We can also then choose how the soul wants to experience that and whether that means I'm trying to assist this person in their their life, trying to assist them to uh, transform this darkness that I have put upon them 
mm-hmm. which was, and I need to stress this, this was agreed upon. And this is what something that I think people can't understand. There is nothing that you can do to another soul that that soul has not agreed upon. Nothing, mm-hmm. not a single thing. And so when we become the perceived victim of another, it is just the perception of being a victim. And in actual fact, what you've chosen is that experience and you have agreed with this other soul prior to stepping forward into this physical reality and said, hey, I want to know what it feels like to be a victim to a certain experience. And they say, hey, I want to know what it's like to be the person who victimizes somebody. And you get together and you play out this experience. And I've often been told, Addie, that, that's just the worst thing that you could ever say to another person. And I have to say, no, that's the most empowering thing I have to say to another person because that means that every experience is an experience you've chosen. And if you've chosen it, then you can also choose something else. You can choose to transform this. You can stand in the power seat and mm-hmm. say, I am the creator. And I wanted to experience this. And if I have created this set of circumstances, it also means that I am capable, 100% capable of transforming this pain or this experience into something that is empowering. Well, let me, so, play, yeah. let me play devil's advocate here for a moment, because some people would Go say what, what you're saying is that it's my fault that I was raped, for example, you right. know, or it's my fault that I was abused as a child. And, and I would have never chosen this. So what would you say to someone that says that? I, I completely understand, but we're looking at it from the limited human mind. Now, the human mind, you who you feel you are right now, is not responsible. No, it's not something that you chose with your human mind. Mm-hmm. However, your soul wants to expand. It wants to learn certain things. And perhaps in the previous five parallel versions of yourself you were the person who was the raper and you now want to and that that was for the purpose of experience and now you want to know what it's like to be on the opposite side of that and so when I say all that is wants to experience everything that means good humanly perceivable good and humanly perceivable bad and everything in between. Your human mind does not choose the experience. It is your soul that chooses the experience. And so I can understand from our human perspective how we can go, Addie, that, that's victim blaming. You've just said that somebody who obviously didn't want to be, you know, physically violated, that they, they did that. Well, it's not, it's not them. It's not their brain, but their soul wants that as an experience because mm-hmm. it understands that it will expand from this experience. It also understands that, you know, I may be 10 when this occurs to me and that in the next 20 years, I will learn to process that. And then when I reach 30, I am going to be this version of myself that I would never have been had I not had that experience. And who's to say that that version of you, that 30-year-old version of you, is not the most incredible, powerful human being who is changing the lives of millions? Who is to say that you're not going to stand in front of a camera one day and talk about your experience and support all those who have not. So we're not seeing the broad perspective. We're seeing the focal point perspective. And that's fine because mm-hmm. that's the purpose. Right. But 
taking the perspective of your soul wants to know something because it knows that this is really, and when we say it's just a dream, it's difficult to comprehend, but it really is just Mm -hmm. a projection of source. And that projection shuts down every time we sleep. So we retract our consciousness when we sleep, when we go back into the non-physical and we see all our loved ones and, and we hang out and we do all these incredible experiences and then we wake up again and we place our focused attention in being Addie, in being Brian. Yeah. And when we die, it's when we switch off that projection. Okay, we're done with this experience and we're going on to something else if we choose. Yeah. A lot of us yeah. don't choose. And I want to I want to interject here while we're going through. We're we're talking about some really high level concepts, so it might be <laughs> blowing some people's minds. But I think it's really That's important because okay. you used the word there, and we keep using it over over again. I think it's most important word is perspective. It's how yeah. we look at things, and right. so I want to talk. I want to ask you about the role of the physical mind and the higher mind, and right. what's the what's the difference, and what are the roles of the two? Okay. So your higher mind, or you can call this your soul, or you can call this the part of you that is always connected to source. If you remember, we are all one. We are all that is. We are God. Think of us as a ball. And then we have these little sparks and we send our physical consciousness into this dimension, this perceived physical dimension. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of the human brain is just to experience. That is all it is. It is just to be the eyes, just to to know what it feels like to be Addie, to be Brian, to be you. The higher mind is what is control, what's in control here. It knows the purpose of why we have projected ourselves into this physical reality. There are certain set themes, ideas, concepts, experiences that we want to experience as a soul. The higher mind is aware of that. And it is sort of like thinking of it, it's the higher mind is the version of us that's at the top of the mountain, looking down and can see everything, can see the valleys, can see what's coming up, can see what's at the back. And our human brain is right in there, right in the valley. And all that we can see is the trees in front of us and the and the grass and the beautiful sand at our feet. And the higher mind's job is to say, hey, hey, listen, you know, you're going to come up to a creek at about, you know, about a meter's time. I want you to turn left. Now, the human mind often, because there's a big disconnect, you know, we have over the last couple of hundred years really disconnected. And there's a purpose to that. Yeah. And, and we've disconnected from the communication from our higher minds. The higher mind's job is to keep us in check. It's to keep us running to schedule, running to plan. And the physical mind is there to view, to perceive who we are from this very, very restricted perspective. It's the same thing. It's one in the same thing. But the higher mind is all of awareness and the physical mind is the awareness from this perspective, this focal point. Yeah, I, 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 wanna, I don't want to take you off too far, but I do want to uh, talk okay. to something, something you just said, because you said there's a purpose for the disconnect in the last couple of hundred years. And yeah. I've been pondering this myself. I was just actually writing an article earlier today about I feel like mankind in the last 200 years or so has completely forgotten who we are. We, yeah. just, we just don't have any clues. So is there a reason for that? We'll get back to grief to growth in just a few seconds. Did you know that Brian is an author and a life coach? If you're grieving or know someone who is grieving, 
His book, Grief to Growth, is a best-selling, easy-to-read book that might help you or someone you know. People work with Brian as a life coach to break through barriers and live their best lives. You can find out more about Brian and what he offers at www.grieftogrowth.com, www.grief, the number two, growth.com, or text growth, growth, to 31996. If you'd like to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash grief to growth, www.patreon.com slash G-R-I-E-F, the number two, G-R-O-W-T-H, to make a financial contribution. And now, back to Grief to Growth. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I'm testing out a new feature. I'd love to get your feedback on it. It's called Fan Mail, and you can send me a message right from the show notes of the podcast. So look for the link that says, send me a text. You can ask a question for a future podcast. You can suggest a guest or just give me any feedback you want. Just remember, it is one way I can't text you back, and I will not have your name, your email address, or your phone number unless you include it in the message. Let me know what you think. Yeah, so all that is wants to experience everything, including the disconnect, including the perspective of I am just this little human floating about on this this rock that turns around in space and I'm just here just doing mundane things like going to work and coming home and sleeping. That disconnect is all part of the experience. But everything is cyclical, right? Everything is a cycle. And so now we are experiencing what some are calling the great awakening. Well, this great awakening isn't the first time it's occurred. It occurs continuously, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now this is the time when someone like me, someone like you starts going, hey, guys, has anyone noticed that there's some strange things going on? Let's start talking about these strange things. And then so all of us start to, after a little while, reconnect or start to understand that there's a connection between your physical self and start to reconnect, reconnect with your higher mind. So that's a complete, we've experienced for the most part, what perceivably feels like a complete disconnect from the physical mind to the higher mind. So essentially, I know that sometimes when I explain things, I make it sound so flippant and eh, it's, it's, we're just disconnected. And it really is that perspective from source. It's not a big deal. It's the human, it's the human mind that makes it a big deal because that's its purpose to make it a big deal. Yeah, it, it's tough when you get this perspective <laughs> when I'm when, when you talk to people because we have to respect where people are and and most of us are really rooted firmly in our humanity. When you say it's not that big of a deal, but that's what spirit always comes through and tells us everything is okay. It's not that big of a deal. I'm going to see you soon. I'm I'm still right here. I mean, these are the messages okay. that we get over and over again. And where I always tell people and people that listen to me, they get tired of hearing this, but it's like, we're just like toddlers. We're like little babies or, you know, walk around. We don't know. And, and we're like, it's, this is the end of the world. This is the worst that it could be. It's always yeah. going to be this way. It's, it's just, everything's just bad. I don't, I don't like this. I don't want to be here. And our higher self is going like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay. You, you chose this. Mm-hmm. See, see, that's the funny part. One of the beautiful things that we get to have when we're having the human experience is all these lower vibrational thoughts and feelings when you're in the non-physical 
you're not going to choose that because you're aware of everything. And so if you're aware of everything, you're not going to go to those lower depressed feelings because you know that you, you can avoid that because it doesn't feel so good. And so mm-hmm. part of the human experience is feeling the intricate details, the intricate feelings of feeling depressed or feeling melancholy, feeling happy, then the next day feeling doubtful. So we get to experience and sort of fine tune that little feeling that we wouldn't choose in the non-physical. And so even when you're depressed, even when you feel that there is no hope, you are still adding to the experiences of your soul. Now, source doesn't really want you to feel like that all the time. It's sort of the idea is you come in, you feel it a little bit, you learn from it, you expand from it, and that should catapult you into a much more positive feeling. But because of the fact of the huge disconnect we've had and we just sort of feel like we're just human beings walking around and all we can see, touch, smell and taste is all that's going on. Mm-hmm. Because there is this huge disconnect, that's why we can often, so many people find themselves in those lower vibrational feelings, not understanding that those lower vibrational feelings, those helpless feelings are there really to learn from and then for them to catapult us into better experiences. Learn from those feelings. Don't ponder in them. And then you're supposed to feel it, understand what it is that you, the reason why you're feeling it, and Mm -hmm. then use that to transform yourself because that's our purpose here. The purpose is transformation. We understand, our soul understands that we start off in the non-physical. We come here, we have a physical experience, which is literally the blink of an eye from the non-physical perspective. And Mm -hmm. then we go back to the non-physical. So this human experience, it doesn't really matter from the soul's perspective what happens because it's not permanent. It is literally the blink of an eye. Yeah. And that's, that's a concept. Again, I've been trying to, get across to people and we can only speak it's kind of like uh, there's a guy i love his name is bernardo castro he talks about uh, the power of allegory and people ask why are all these religious things written in allegories like because we can't really put them in the words we can't put reality right. in words so we write it in allegory so right. i use a lot of analogies with people and, and so when people say i'd say life is like a dream and people go well it's not really it's real but when you're energy i had a terrible dream last night i was being chased by somebody that was trying to kill me and when right. i was in the dream it felt very real to me and I felt yeah. like, you know, I had to get away when I woke right. up, I was in my bed and it was like, well, that doesn't matter. Cause it was just a dream. I mean, I, I, I knew I was okay the whole time. And right. I, I, I think that's kind of what it's like when we wake up on the other side. Exactly like that. But this is what people don't understand. We wake up on the other side every time we sleep. Yeah. We're not here for the, for, for the 80 years that we think we are. We are here for snippets of that. Half of it's here, the other half's in the non-physical. And the forgetting part is very, very much on purpose because if we were to remember everything about us and who we are, then it's not going to be as dynamic or rich. It's just going to be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that horrible negative thing. I'm not going to do that because I don't have to because I'm God. But that forgetting part is actually extremely vital for the experience. It's vital. So let's talk about how do how do our belief systems create physical reality? How does that work? Okay. So if you want to think of the, the human brain as the film in a projector and source is the light that mm-hmm. passes through the film and then projects what you see, right? You project what you see in front of you. Mm-hmm. What's embedded in that film is what, you're going to see what the projection is going to be. So in other words, what 
source projects onto your physical reality is the content of your brain. Hmm. If you believe that whatever your belief system is, if you believe that all bad people are out to get you, then that is what you're going to project. So when you are experiencing something and you're like, this is the worst thing, I can't handle it for one more minute, you need to stop and ask, what must I believe to be true about myself? What must I believe to be true about myself for me to be experiencing this, for me to be feeling this way because our feelings are the clue. Our feelings are the clue to our belief systems. Hmm. So we have a feeling about something we don't like. You ask yourself, what must I believe to be true about this? Once you work out the belief, I believe that bad people are out to get me or there are lots of bad people in the world and I can't get away from them. Then you peel back that layer and you go, actually, when I was young, I I had around me a person who I perceived as bad because they really, really hurt me. Mm -hmm. And so I then generated the belief that, bad people are out to get me because I couldn't avoid this person. And so because I was quite traumatized by that experience, I've created that belief. And so what you most believe to be true is what you, as the infinite creator that you are, continue to project on your physical reality. It's really everybody is their own universe. What you are seeing right now, this conversation that we're having, I'm having it all by myself, and I'm experiencing the version of you that I have created with my consciousness. Now, Mm. we can go down this rabbit hole as far as you like. It's quite (laughs) deep. It's never-ending. I'm creating this conversation, and every conversation that we have is helpful. It's a little clue as to what we as souls are trying to learn. Every conversation that you have is a clue as to what you are learning as a soul at this time. Mm. And so when I say I am my own universe, there's no one else here. It's me. All this projection is mine and I am by myself. I am alone because I'm source. You are also source and you are projecting your own universe and you have your version of me. It's me, but it's your version of me created with your energy. Hmm. And so we're having this interaction. And when you can understand that There is no one else. It's just you. I know it's big. Mm -hmm. Then you can understand that once you change what you believe, once you change your perceptions, what is being projected in your universe must to change. It is law. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi there, I'm really excited to tell you about my latest ebook. It's four lessons that you can learn from the near-death experience without going through all the trouble of dying to learn them. I've been studying NDEs for several years now. I am completely convinced that not only are they 100% real, but that there's some very universal wisdom that we can get from the near-death experience. And I've distilled that down in this book into four short lessons. And I've also given you all the reasons why I believe the NDEs are absolutely real. So go to www.grieftogrowth.com slash NDE lessons to pick it up for free www.grief2growth.com slash NDE lessons. I hope you enjoy it. Okay. Well, that actually kind of leads us to our, I wanted to talk about the law of attraction because that's something that um, 
I like to get your perspective on it. So what do you think about the law of attraction? Do people have it right? Do people have it wrong? What, what do you, what do you think about it? So the law of attraction is very real. It's not that it's not real. It's just that it's so, it's more than just what you think and how you feel in the moment is what you're going to attract. And it's more than just, you know, I want this perfect relationship, for example. And so I close my eyes and I visualize this perfect relationship and I spend time manifesting what it would look like. It's more than that. And that is a component of it. Yes, you can create that image in your mind and raise your vibration and feel really good about it. However, your belief systems are everything when it comes down to the law of attraction. So if you believe that everybody else can find love and you can't because you have a belief that says I'm unlovable, then no matter how much you sit and close your eyes, you cannot bring in that relationship or you will bring in a relationship that will cause upheaval within you so that you can learn to love yourself and you can learn to stand up for yourself in order for you to be the version of yourself you need to be. In other words, change your belief systems through experience. Mm -hmm. So you can be the version of yourself you need to be to have the relationship you so desire. So what happens to a little girl who her father isn't part of her life? It's not that mom and dad are divorced. It's that dad works a lot. And then when he comes home from work, he's tired. So he doesn't have much time. Doesn't have much. He loves his daughter, but just doesn't have much time to, to hang out with her. Mm-hmm. And so she approaches dad. Hey, dad, I haven't seen you all day. Can you play with me? But dad's tired. Now that little girl from her perspective feels like I'm not interesting enough. Daddy doesn't love me enough to want to play with me because I know that those who really want to, that those who really love me play with me. And so she's come up with this perception of I'm not lovable. And men in general don't find me lovable. And she goes off into the world and she's looking for that perfect relationship. And she sits there and she's trying to visualize and manifest and feel great about it. But she still has this belief system of I'm not lovable. Mm-hmm. Now, source loves us so much. Our soul loves us so much that it wants to give us that of which we say we want, but we still need to be that version of, we need to be the vibrational match to that thing we want. Mm. In other words, we need to believe that we are worthy of it. So we will be presented with a series of experiences. Some may perceive them negative, but everything is done out of love. The universe is positively skewed. So we will be presented with we will create or attract certain experiences so that we can learn to love ourselves we can learn to forgive our father and come to an understanding that he loved you he was just tired once you shift that belief once you come to that understanding you are no longer locked into that belief system and so then you are free you are free to have that relationship you want you must first remove the paradigm, the belief system. If mm. it's there, source is going to project its con- its um, infinite consciousness through that belief system. And that's what you're going to create for yourself. Yeah. So here's the, here's the question I have. Um, so um, we, we say we come, we come here and we have negative, ex- what we call negative experiences. And that's part of the experience. Right. So the law of attraction would seem to say we could bypass that. That we could say, I, I, if I have the right belief systems, then I could have a carefree, wonderful life. Because that's what my physical 
that's what my human mind wants. Yeah. That's what my physical wants. Yeah. So does our higher self, does our higher self give us everything we want at that point? Or does a higher self say, no, you still need to have okay. these experiences. So let me put this statement to you. Every single prayer gets answered and it gets answered instantly. And you're going to say to me, what, what the heck are you talking about, Addy? That's the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. So you've put it out there, God, I want to buy a new Ferrari. And God's like, done. Okay. First thing you need to do is go get your accounting sorted. And so you'll get this little perception. You'll be, you'll be reminded on the spot, I'm going to go get my taxes sorted. No, 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 I'll do it later on. The source is like, okay, no problem. Then tomorrow it will remind you, hey, can you go get your taxes sorted? Because you said you wanted this Ferrari. And so what it's doing is it's giving you a series of things that you need to experience and bypass and travel through in order to attain that thing you say you want. You still need to be, you still need to be a vibrational match to it. You also, you also must believe that you can have this Ferrari. So, and that's the irony here. Source wants to give you what you want. And so it will put you through a series of circumstances where it will shift your belief system slightly, slightly, slightly until you can attain that thing you want. The thing is, we have such a disconnect from our higher mind, we can't hear the guidance from our soul. Hmm. And as we go through this great awakening, people are going to start seeing the signs. And so at first it starts with external signs and we start noticing you know, someone driving around with their accounting vehicle or we stop at a, you know, we, we, we think we've stopped at the store and, and right in front of us there's this accounting, you know, come and do your accounting, only $50 for this week. And so we get a lot of external signs. Mm -hmm. The next step is to hear the information in your head, to just recognize when a thought is actually not your brain's thought and actually a thought sent to you from source or an angel or a guide, doesn't matter. It's all mm -hmm. non-physical. Mm -hmm. And so at first we see the physical signs. That's stage one. Stage two is to really start going, okay, I heard that. That wasn't my brain. That was communication. Everything is mental telepathy. And then we take action. Once we take action, we invite more information. So I've heard in my head, go do your taxes. And I go, oh, fine, I'll go do it. I go do my taxes. Great. Next step is ring your friend. Oh, I don't know why I'm ringing my friend. I call my friend. Oh, so I've got together with this new guy. He's a, you know, a, a car dealer. Oh, he's so great. I want you to meet him. You're supposed to follow the bouncing ball. You're not going to be told the whole picture in advance. Otherwise, what are we doing here? We might as well just be in the non-physical. We can have everything instantly. Mm -hmm. So belief systems are everything and source answers all our prayers instantaneously. We are not connected to the information of our soul, but we're starting to. And it's very, very powerful. And I think when we all get to a place where we have that fluid communication between our soul and our conscious mind, we won't choose to have negative experiences. And if we do, we'll understand the beauty of them because we'll understand that this negative experience, no matter how it might be perceived, is actually catapulting us into a more beautiful direction because source is continuously giving us what we want. Mm -hmm. So how do we, that that's how, huge. yeah, it is. It's really big. So, <laughs> so how do we start to connect to our, to our higher self? How do we, how do we improve that connection? So essentially what you want to do is 
when you have this bright idea, you, you, you're mowing the lawn and all of a sudden you have this bright idea, the amount of times we talk ourselves out of an idea that we know will help, we do it 95% of the time. Hey, you should go and call your friend. And that thought, that random, seem, seem, perceivably random thought has come up in your head a few times and you go, oh, I'll do it later. No, when you hear something or see something or have this bright thought, try counting down from five and then actioning. So five, four, three, two, one, action. Otherwise, we talk ourselves out of it. Mm. The first place to start is when you have this bright idea, a random thought, you don't even have to know whether it's from source or not, but you can feel it's a good idea. Action it. Mm. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't give yourself a minute to, oh, I'll do it after this. No, action it on the spot. It's coming to you at the perfect time and you can action it right now. Otherwise, it wouldn't come to you. The synchronicity of everything is perfect. The first step is when a bright idea comes to you, count down from five and just action it. And the more you do that, you will be shocked as to what you can do in seven days, how much life can turn around in a week. Actioning Hmm. every brilliant idea that feels brilliant. And you don't need to understand why. You just need to take the action. It will never tell you why. Very rarely will you hear why. That's hmm. part of the faith. That's part of the trust. Interesting. So, um, do you? What are your thoughts about soul planning? I mean, do we do our plan? Do we plan our lives before we come here, or yeah, can we? Are, are we? Can we say, okay, well, now this is what I want to do. And again, I want because everybody's. We all. We all do. We all want to be rich. We all want to have carefree lives. We all want to have perfect health. Um, so, is that possible, or do we have a plan that we need to follow? So essentially, it's it's not a plan it's more or less a blueprint so we step off into Mm -hmm. this physical reality and we say i have the theme of abandonment i want to experience and the purpose is i want to experience some sort of abandonment when i was when i'm little and i want to transform that i want to overcome that i want to be so much more powerful because of that experience by the end of our life at the end of my life so essentially the the idea is we have certain set themes which whether we like it or not, we're going to experience. But it's it, it kind of sounds like, oh, you know, I, I want abandonment and that's and, and that's a terrible thing. Why would I choose that? Because who you become after you conquer that theme, you appreciate it so much. And so there are set themes and there is free will from your higher mind's perspective, from your soul's perspective. But from the physical brain's perspective, free will is not as free as we perceive. Your Mm -hmm. higher mind still has this idea of the things that it must or wants to experience during the time. Mm -hmm. And so it will keep keep you on your path. And so the free will component of of it is, is appreciate the experience and be excited as to what's next watching it like a movie or perceiving it as in, oh, this is exciting, no matter how your brain might perceive it, I wonder where this is going to take me. So the free will component is how we feel about what we're experiencing, mm-hmm. right? And so there is planning and everything is planned and, and every soul that's projected into your physical reality is there by agreement. Hey, I want to experience this. Oh, that's in alignment with what I want to experience. Let's meet up. And so everything's agreed upon. Mm -hmm. But I did want to add this. The things that you are interested in and excited about 
are the themes that your soul chose. And so your soul sends you the information that this is the theme that I want you to experience. For example, you and I are interested in spirituality and we're excited about it. We're passionate about it. That is because our soul chose this, mm-hmm. wanted to experience it to the fullest. So the things we are excited about are the themes that we have chosen. We have not chosen anything that is not exciting to us, even those perceivably extremely difficult situations. Now, there are certain souls which have many adjacent parallel lives or what we call past lives that come in and just choose some really dynamic circumstances, some serious abuse. But the purpose of that is they have had the experience of having a regular mum and dad. They have had the experience of just living a regular life. There is no purpose to that. They've already done that. And so at this later stage in that soul's series of experiences, it said, I really want to sink my teeth into something, something juicy. And so it said, hey, you know, I, I'm looking to experience being abused and neglected and abandoned. And another group of souls goes, oh, that's awesome. I want to experience the opposite of that. Do you want to like get together and play this out? And everybody high fives each other and here we are. And so souls want the experiences because they know it is literally temporary, but also the expansion that comes to your soul, the understanding, the richness, the adding to all that is, all that is this understanding of self is huge yeah and so there's not too much free will from the physical mind's perspective from the soul's perspective free will is the choice that you've made and you're playing it out and you're carrying it out yeah yeah i think that's a great explanation of it because there's there's always this um we we perceive it as a uh two things that can't but an oxymoron we can't have free will and have predestination or planning at the same time but again, it comes back to that word perspective. Um, if we if we plan this thing out and then we come here to play it out, and you know, as you said, people, some people have you know tragedies. My daughter passed away, you know, six years ago. Yeah. She was fifteen years old. Um, yeah. And so the perspective is though, what does this do? What do, how, how does this affect me? How do I take this going forward? And that's that's as you you touched on earlier. That is absolutely free will. We can choose how we perceive anything that happens to us, we can, mm-hmm. we can look at it from a negative perspective, or we can look at it from what's the good that came from this. And it's, you know, from a human perspective, it's both at the same time. Right. You know, Brian, you're part of the great awakening in the sense that you are one of the, the people from your specific perspective of losing a child, that specific perspective catapulted you into doing what you're doing now. And you are taking it from the angle of At first, it is connecting to other parents or people who have lost someone extremely close to them. And so you're assisting those souls in that part of the awakening. So your soul said, how do I do that? And your daughter came along who's had, I don't know how many lives, so many. She's like a grandmaster. She's just (laughs) one of the most powerful beings I've ever spoken to. It was quite shocking, to be honest. Shocking as in, uh, I, I didn't, she kind of overtook me she just sort of went Addie you just stand to the side I'm going to step over in and I'm going to take part of your take over your physical body it was quite interesting and so she said I I want to assist you with that and so this was the catalyst your daughter's crossing over standing from the non-physical perspective assisting you from that perspective 
she's assisting because this was part of her goal too she's assisting you with this and you're assisting on the ground here and you are part of the awakening and so if that agreement wasn't carried out you'd be doing something else which would be just as useful but your soul really wanted this really really wanted this and you're a huge catalyst yeah it's funny because i think about her you know now and i think about how she experienced life she just she wanted to experience everything i mean she's just like i i want to break my leg i want to you know we're like shannon no you don't want to break i want to know what it's like to walk on crutches you know and she had some physical issues when she was here but remember when she got diagnosed with she had rheumatoid arthritis and she's like i want to know what it's like to get blood drawn and but and she had no fear of anything she's just like she just lived you know flat out um right but, you know, I think about it because, you know, people say, and, and it is a tragedy that my daughter passed away, but I would, I would not be doing this. I don't know what I'd be doing, but it certainly wouldn't be this. So this was something that was necessary for, for me to be doing what I'm doing right now. And right. I, I've been very uh, fortunate that I have the perspective that she's still with me, which is why she's literally still behind me uh, right. when I, when I do my videos, because I always, I want to never forget that, you know, she's the reason why I'm doing this and she's still here with me. I I think one of the things that we forget now, I have not had the perspective at Addie, had not the perspective of losing a child. I've had a couple of miscarriages, which are difficult, but not, not the perspective that you have had. One of the things that it's like, I want to, I want to explain it like this. And I, I don't know whether I'm going to express it. Like I really want you to hear it, but it was something that was shown to me. Uh, one time in, in what it felt like a vision, and that is your daughter and all our loved ones that we see in our physical reality are there by agreement. It is our version of them. They are us. They're not separate. They are us. And then when somebody crosses over, you reabsorb who she is, and she becomes part of you again. You, The way it was translated in my mind was it was sort of like you reabsorb that version of her back mm. into you, as in she cannot be closer. Her being a perceived distance, as in a person that moves around, is actually more disconnected than when she crosses over and you merge back together and you pull her back into you she is now a part of you and I don't know if I've expressed that the way it was shown to me but I cried for about 10 minutes after I experienced that that when our loved ones pass they don't get removed they become part of you again because they were perceivably disconnected from you so that you can see them outside of yourself yeah, I, that that does make sense. You know, it's something that I've I've noticed. Um, the people that are in the physical, my, my other daughter. You know, I don't talk to her every day because she's not here with me physically right. every day. I only talk to her when she's here. I talk to Shana every day. Um, right. So in, in that sense, in, in and in that sense, she's actually closer to me than she would be if she were in the physical because she'd be off somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So it does make sense in, in that sense. But the thing is, and this is where. I think a lot of us need to work on, I'm including myself. How do I perceive that? How do I perceive that as as a human being? Essentially where you are right now is perfect and exactly where you want it to be. 
there is no should or shouldn't. And I know that your human mind is asking for that connection. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I did the mediumship development course specifically aimed at parents was because I wanted you guys to begin the journey of connecting with them and connecting with them telepathically. They're with you and they send you information in your head all the time. And if you practice some of the exercises or practice listening, the more your brain goes, okay, now I felt like I connected to her then. And then you try it again the next day and you go, oh, wow, okay, I felt like I felt like I did just then. The more you practice that, the more mm. the human physical brain starts to understand the information, the more you do it the more the brain understands it, the better and clearer it becomes until you get to such a point where you feel like, hey, should I go to the store now or should I wait for an hour when you know so-and-so comes over? And you will just get the answer in your head. It is a practiced communication. And the more you do that, the more, the more you will really start to see that they are not only available to us and a part of us, but available for even the most mundane questions because they care about everything you care about. So if you care about communicating with her, I want you to know that that's what she cares about because you are the same being. That's what her goal is. Her goal, if your goal is, I want to eventually know exactly what it feels like to connect to her and really feel her presence, that too is her goal. So she is working just as hard from her perspective as you are from your perspective to meet that goal because you are one in the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and all you got to do is pay more attention and then action, whatever you hear. Action is the language of physical reality. When you hear something in your head, you must then action it because it will always be some sort of statement you should do this or you should think about this like this and then when you think about this like this you will then present yourself in a physical way very very differently action is the language of physical reality hear something perceive something and then take action upon it yeah the more you do that the clearer the information really important uh, I want to um, ask you because you, you're you're obviously a psychic medium and you connect yeah. to, to people's loved ones on the other side. You connect to higher vibrational beings as angels and guides, which we've heard mm-hmm. of. But I haven't heard too many people say I can give you messages from your higher mind or your higher soul. So right. what kind of what kind of messages do you give people from their higher minds or higher souls? Generally, the higher mind will chime in in, in a reading when it'll try to give you hey. Now, we agreed upon this experience and you're kind of in the middle of it now. We're not going to abandon this experience, but I want you to know it's going to turn out okay. That's generally the higher mind kind of wants to remind you of the blueprint. Hey, we had this blueprint of what we were going to do here. Uh, We're currently at this portion of the blueprint. We're, uh, you know, halfway through. We're not getting out of it because we're actually doing a really good job of it, but I want you to know it actually finishes, uh, you know, I don't know, in two months' time and then we're done and we can tick that off the list. Generally, the information from somebody's higher mind is we're okay, we're safe, we as in because you're one in the same, your higher mind and your physical mind are one in the same. Mm -hmm. We're okay, we're safe, everything's okay, everything's going to turn out okay. However, we're going to do this. 
and you want to do this. And believe me, when you get to the end, after you've done this, you're going to look back and go, yes, yes, I hated it at the time, but oh my gosh, look at the view from here. Even yeah. your physical mind can appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you're, and, and the thing is, I think there, there's so many clues when we're here, the, again, the, the analogies, the things that we go through. And once we go through like the worst thing, I, I, I do this exercise. People think of the worst thing that you've ever gone through, whatever it is, the worst thing. Right. And can you think of anything good that came out of that? And there's yeah. always something, there's, there's always yeah. something good that came out of it. And if, and if it's not right now, because it may be too, too soon or too close, think of something right. that was a little while ago. Um, right. And so all we have to do is project that into the future and say, one, when I actually, when I cross over and I have this, this bigger experience and I, and I see the big picture mm-hmm. um, and that's where, the, that's what you were saying. That's where the faith comes in. The faith comes yeah. in and saying that, that no matter what, no matter what things look like, that everything's okay. Always. Everything is always okay. You know, there are some people who have practiced looking into the good of a situation and with the law of attraction, anything you practice, any thought you practice, not only do you think the thoughts you think, but you also attract the thoughts you think. So if you have practiced looking into the positive of a situation, more positive within that situation will be obvious to you. If you have practiced negative victim sort of mentality, you are going to think negatively and you are going to attract more negative thoughts so you'll find that those who are generally in a in a slump or a a little set of circumstances where they're not feeling so great they're not going to perceive the instant because it's instant if there is a negative there must by law be a positive simultaneously they must be hand in hand so when, when is it, it is a negative go- situation going on, there must be the equal opposite positive situation going on. But because you are in such a negative vibration, you can't perceive it. And that's okay. And sometimes we need that distance to look back. But if you have practiced positive thinking, if you've practiced looking for the meaning and the purpose, nothing is random. Not a single thing, not one blade of grass in front of you is random. It is pointing in the right direction or in the left direction because it has a specific purpose. So when you look at things from that perspective, no matter what's going on, if you can extract the meaning and the purpose because your consciousness has placed it there, it is an echo from an experience you had at childhood that you are recreating and you're looking at from different perspective, different eyes, Mm -hmm. and you can see, oh, wow, okay. So when I see it from that perspective, this is brilliant. I'm recreating the event where my brother or sister did this and it hurt me so much that here it is an echo of that again so I can see it. And now that I've understood that, you might think that it's not relevant for right now, but what it's done is you've understood your brother and sister from back there who really, really hurt you and you've let that go. And when you let a negative belief or experience go, it literally opens up a brand new doorway for a completely different life. So often we don't recognize how huge a negative experience is. We recreate events, negative events, in order for us to let negative beliefs go. Yeah. And so when you really peel back the layers, ask yourself, where have I seen this before? Circumstances might be slightly different, but the feelings are the same. Mm-hmm. And when you can extract the positive and the 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 depth of of the purpose of this, you can love every experience, no matter what it feels like. You can love 
every negative experience. Now I've worked, it's taken me some time, I'm not going to lie. I have learned to get excited about things that look terrible. Why? Because I know that the universe is positively geared and also my infinite energy, if I say this is positive, I must extract a positive outcome. That's law. It's the law of attraction. So I go, okay, well, this is a really crappy situation. I'm excited. Let's see where this is going to go because it will always turn out positive. It will always. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It'll actually, the perception of time, because there is no time, but the perception of time can actually, it could, you know, turn out for me perfectly in, in one week. But if I drag it on and I go, oh, and I fight it and I, and I, you know, I've got a whole, whole heap of resistance to it, I can drag a situation on for two months because your higher mind wants to get the message to you. Hey, you down there, this is good. This is, this is what you asked for. You said to me you wanted a great relationship with your brother, but we've got to get over this. So mm. let's go. And it will just drag it on for as long as it needs for you to go, oh, okay, and then I have to do this. And then I've let go that, of that situation that happened with my, my sibling. And so now I can have the relationship I've been praying for. Yeah. Everything is an answer to a prayer. Everything is one step closer to you feeling good. And you must look at the meaning and the purpose as to what happens in physical reality. Yeah, so important. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Addie, we're, we're coming to the end of our time. I, I promise you it'd be about an hour. So I could talk to you all day. I mean, I, I love listening to your perspective on things. Uh, where can people reach you if they want to find out more about you? So I, I do a lot of my, this sort of spiritual conversations on my, my psychic medium, Addie Babington Facebook page. Um, and I also have um, Addie Babington on YouTube. Um, and so I, I, the YouTube page is something I'm learning to develop because I've got so much I want to talk about. And, and that's something I'm setting up right now. I'm going to start posting uh, twice a week on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of psychic readings, um, you can just check me out on addiebabington.com. Okay. I want to spell that for everybody. It's Addie, A-D-D-I-E, Babington. It's B-A-B-I-N-G-T-O-N. And that'll that'll be in the show notes also. Um, and I, I would encourage people to check out your YouTube channel. I've watched several YouTube videos. They're, they're very helpful, the ones you've got so far. So I'm looking, looking forward to seeing you doing more. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate talking to you. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. I love, uh, I love your perspective on things. I hope, I know it's probably a reach for some people. So I encourage you maybe yeah, listen to this a couple of times. Um, no, but you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's good stuff and it's really important. I mean, it's really important to, to um we come here and we do forget but we we forget so that we can remember i don't know why we play this game but we do it is the beauty of that transforming darkness to light and we can't transform darkness we can't perceive darkness if we're if we know that we're god because god's just beautiful and love and so if we know we're god and we haven't forgotten then we can't have this perceived darkness experience and it's only mm-hmm. temporary yeah. it's only temporary Addy, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, go out and have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much, Brian. You take care of yourself. All right. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Grief to Growth. Brian hopes that you find this episode helpful and will come back for future episodes. Brian's best-selling book, Grief to Growth, Planted, Not Buried, is a great resource for anyone who is coping with grief or knows someone who is. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it, There are three things you can do to help. The first is to share the podcast with someone that you think it will help. The second is to go to iTunes, rate, and review the episode. 
The third way you can support the podcast is by becoming a patron. Head over to www.patreon.com slash grief to growth. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash grief, the number two, growth, and sign up to make a small monthly donation. Patrons get access to exclusive bonus content and knowledge that you are helping to spread the message of grief to growth. For more about Brian and grief to growth, visit www.grief2growth.com. Hey there, if you liked this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you liked. If you didn't like this episode, come on over and talk about it. Let me know what you didn't like. Go to grieftogrowth.com slash community and look for talk about the podcast. I'll see you there.